Amen. It has been a good year. Praise God for his faithfulness. Amen. Amen. Well, on this last Sunday of 2021, I wanted to just take some time today for us to pray together. We're going to do that again before we end this service, but I also want to take a few moments to share from my heart with you a little less of a sermon and just more of a a, a conversation that I want to have. Well, let's be honest. It's going to be a one-way conversation, but I'm glad you're here to hear it anyway. It's my favorite kind of conversations. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) I want to tell you today that I'm excited. I've already started on a a bad note for this service. We got a long ways to go. We're going to redeem it in the next 20 minutes. I want to tell you, uh, thank you for all of you that helped us this weekend. I mean, this is a marathon weekend, so first of all, just for getting up on the day after Christmas and coming to church, thank you. Glad you're here. We know the really spiritual people are. No, I'm kidding. I want to I wanna say uh, today thank you to everyone that helped to make Friday possible. We had four services on Christmas Eve, and we set an absolute new record for a church. We had 530 people in attendance on Christmas Eve. I think that's awesome. How fitting that in a year that we felt the Lord saying to us, the word for the year is advance that we would set a a brand new threshold of worshipers in attendance. And I want to just back up a little bit for the next few moments and and take you through the leading of the Lord. You know, last year, the Lord spoke to me this word advance for our church. And, and, And honestly, what I was sensing in that time, in that moment, was we're coming out of 2020. It feels like we've been kind of spinning our wheels We feel like we've been stuck, and for some of you, you had to quarantine a long time, and you really felt stuck. I mean, you're just ready to to move on, and I was hearing that in the culture and in the body of Christ. We want to move on, and I was reminded, even as I was facing that same frustration that everyone else was, I was reminded that God's kingdom has never once, never will be stopped. Jesus said in Matthew 11, for the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing, How many of you believe God's kingdom is advancing? Amen. I don't know how your Christmas went yesterday, but it's true that the world is experiencing global supply chain shortages. I don't know if you're still waiting on some of those packages to get here, and you're going to have to stick them under a dead tree in January maybe. I don't know. But can I tell you that God's kingdom has never had a supply chain shortage? His resources have never run out. He is faithful to accomplish his will and his word. And so as we were moving into 2021, I sensed this word advance was a word that God was speaking to us on, on many levels. But I think we could all testify to the fact that 2020 was a year of distraction. A lot of us, we, we, <clears throat> we majored on the minors. We broke relationships over opinions And a lot of things got sidetracked. And I just feel the need this morning to say what I've said before, that this platform is not built here to elevate the opinions of man. It's built to elevate the authority of God's word. Amen. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And so we've committed to say when we come together in this house, While the word of God is always applicable and relevant to what's happening in our world, the primary focus of what we do is going to be to exalt Jesus and the authority of his word in our lives. And as we move through this year of advance, we've seen God honor that commitment. It was so incredible to see that from 
November of, of last year to March of this year, we added 100 people in our weekend worship attendance. That, that's amazing. Can somebody just give praise to God for that? That's incredible. We've seen God be faithful, faithful to do what you ask and pray and believe for him to do. But God in his sovereignty will go before you and he'll provide for the things you don't even know you're going to need so that when you get there, the provision's already waiting for you. That's what God's done for us as a church. And so I want to take a few moments to just testify about what God has done this year. God's provided for us in ways that we weren't even looking for him to provide for. Specifically, he's provided for us with a property at 5989 Susquehanna Plaza Drive, right here off the Wrightsville exit. Many of you have seen this image before, but I want to put it up there now as a testimony. How fitting that, that in a year that we said God wants to advance the church. I preached that message in January, by the way. January, God wants to advance. And then in September, we launched our life group series. Well, we recorded it in September. And Pastor Chris and I were thinking about those four statements that you saw earlier, that moving in, moving on, moving up, moving out. And we really wanted there to be a fifth message in the life group series. And as we were talking, uh, the conversation just started around the word move. And I think it was Pastor Chris that said to me, he said, well, if you're going to move in or out or up, you, you just got to move. I said, okay, well, let's, let's just talk about that. Let's just talk about the obedience of moving. And so in September, we recorded a session for all of our life groups to gather around and have a conversation about moving. Not knowing that in December, all of a sudden, this property would cross our paths, and we would have an opportunity to purchase this property to actually physically advance and to move our church into its future. So in case you don't know or you haven't heard the testimony yet, uh, we just signed the contract and purchased that property for our future location of our church. Amen. Now, we're not moving there tomorrow. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. And there's a lot that God is doing, but God is faithful to his word, and he provides even before you think or ask him. So let me just tell you where we're at today with it. Uh, as the contract is signed, we're, we're in a 60-day in a period of, of doing due diligence. we got to get some questions answered. We want to make sure that, that we're going to be able to do what we want with the property but when we first looked at it, our, our hope was that we could expand off the, the backside of it towards Route 30 and, and add a sanctuary and knock out a bunch of interior walls and create office spaces and classrooms and expand the bathrooms and the lobby and all the things that you would need for a church. As it looks today, there's a lot of load-bearing walls in that building, and it's most likely going to be the, the, the most feasible and responsible thing to do to just demo the building and build the church that God's put in our heart from the ground up. So that's the plan that we're looking at right now as we move forward and we move into this 60-day period of, of getting the questions answered and getting the plans drawn. And I, I want to say that to you today, just for one, to let you know where we're at as a church, but two, because I want to underscore to you that God has a plan, not just for us as a church, but he has a plan for you. 
And God wants to speak to your life and to my life about how he wants to advance his kingdom in and through us. And a couple thoughts I want to give you from the scripture today. Out of Matthew chapter 1 and chapter 2, a passage that's very familiar this time of year. It's a part of the Christmas story. But I just want to key in on one thought. And number one, if you're a note taker, you ought to write this down. Sometimes God speaks in clear and bold ways. Maybe you've experienced that before, where God said something to you, and it was, it was just so right on, it was so timely, it was so poignant that you just, you just knew, like, that was God. Joseph had one of those moments. In Matthew chapter 1, this is the moment where Joseph has just found out that Mary, his fiance, is expecting a child. And so he's trying to make sense of it, and he does what maybe, maybe most guys would do. Look at it with me. Verse 19 says, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But, verse 20 says, after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph... Son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now, that's pretty, that's pretty clear. How many of you would agree that that's, that's a pretty clear word from God? I mean, Joseph has made up his mind. He's thought this out. He's decided the best thing for me to do is to just call the engagement off, to go our separate ways. You know, she can raise the child, whoever's child that is, and I'm just going to move on with my life. And then God shows up and says, Joseph, stay. Stay. Very clear. But can I tell you, it's not the only time that God spoke clearly to Joseph. You know how the story goes. We celebrated it this week. Jesus is born and When he's about a year old, the Magi come from the east and they worship the Lord. And then after they leave, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 13 and 14, angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child with his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod, God is going to search for the child during the night and left for Egypt. <clears throat> That's a clear word. I mean, Joseph's just, you know, he's sitting around the table. He's admiring the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh. He lays down for a long nap, and God says, Joseph, go. Like, get up. Go. And God speaks to him again very clearly and very uh, profoundly. But how many of you know that it's not always that way when it comes to hearing the voice of God? For those of us that feel a little less spiritual than that, sometimes it can be difficult to discern the will of God. And the truth is, and I want you to know this secondly today, sometimes God's word doesn't make sense until we obey it. This had to be one of those moments that Joseph is is wondering, is this this God? I mean, this is a strong word, and he got up and and he went. but, But look at the next verse. Verse 15 says, He got up, he left in the night for Egypt, where he stayed... Until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet. Out of Egypt, I called my son. 
I love the phrase, and so was fulfilled what the Lord had said. Now, you got to understand, Joseph is a Jew, and he grew up studying the Torah, the Old Testament. And, and, and all throughout the Old Testament, the, Egypt is synonymous with, uh, with wickedness, with the enemy. I mean, in fact, this verse that was fulfilled, out of Egypt I called my son, that's a quotation from Hosea 11.1. And in Hosea, when it was said, it was talking about God delivering his people out of Egypt. We took Moses and he led the children of Israel out of Egypt. And so for all of Joseph's life and all of his perspective, it was wrapped around this thought that God wants to deliver his people out of Egypt. And then all of a sudden, he gets a word from God that he's going to be the father of the son of God. And then God tells him, I want to deliver you into Egypt. Wait, that's not the way this works, God. Like, we're supposed to come out of Egypt. You deliver your son. That's the whole story. That's the whole narrative. God's leading his people out of a place of bondage and into a promised land, into a place of blessing. And now I've got the son of God, and you're telling me you want to deliver him into Egypt? This don't make no sense. You ever been there with God where you're like, I, I, this is not the way we do things. See, that, that's why I get, I get worried when Christians get political. Because we have a mindset that says we know how God's going to do it. And God says in his word, behold, I'm doing a new thing. And so when we hitch our wagon to a way and not the way maker, how many of you know it's easy to miss God? Well, I ain't got time to stay there, but that's good. So God says, I want to deliver you into Egypt. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet. Eight years ago, God gave me a vision for our church. 2013, in the winter, about this time of year, God spoke to me and said, this is the way the church is gonna grow. This is, this is what I'm gonna do here through your ministry. 350 people worshiping in three weekend services with $500,000 in annual income from offerings. That's what God spoke to me. I, I didn't tell anybody that. I, I was a little intimidated by the thought, but I, I wrote it down in my journal. And I said, I believe this is what God's going to do. And I began to pray that way. And, I, and I'll tell you, it wasn't just like God wrote on the wall in my office or something. I'll tell you how it happened. We had a funeral here. We were barely, maybe not even running 100 people yet in attendance, but we had a funeral, and the house was packed. There was about 200 people here, and there was no room for parking. There, was no, uh, there wasn't enough bathroom stalls. There wasn't enough nursery space. And all of a sudden, I realized I've got to get a different uh, expectation for what God's going to do. And God showed me it's going to be multiple services. Well, how, how many can we do? Well, three sounds like a lot. After three, we're probably going to be looking for more space or building out the building or something. Well, man, that's going to be expensive. What's that going to cost? And I started doing the math, and I started looking at what it costs to build a building. And God began to just formulate some things. How many of you know we can't just sit and pray? we got to do work, too. So it involved pushing a pencil and doing some work. And God began to clarify what he had spoken to me, that we're going to be a church of 350 people in three weekend services with half a million dollars in offerings annually. 
It wasn't until 2020, at the beginning of last year, that I actually said that publicly to the church. I said, church, I don't know what the next is, but I know what God wants to do now. We're going to be a church of 350 people on this location in three services, half a million dollars in annual income. And then right after I said that, a month and a half later, COVID hit. And, and we did online only for 14 weeks. But then we started gathering again. And our first Sunday back, there were 70% of the church came back. And I thought, man, I'll take 70% in the middle of the summer any year. Praise God. It's 2020 and it's Father's Day and we're back. And we started building the church. Come November, because of all the social distancing and spacing out the chairs and trying to all, follow all the CDs. And God, if we plan to have any guests come, we need to add a third service. That's not the way we planned on adding a third service. That's not the reason we thought we were going to add a third service. But then the word of the Lord was fulfilled. Isn't it amazing how God can do things even in ways you weren't expecting him to do it? And then from November of last year till March of this year, we added 100 attenders in our weekend worship gatherings. And all of a sudden, we looked around come Easter, and we said, we're in three services, and there's 350 people here. This is pretty amazing. By that point, you know, I'm starting to feel pretty confident in the word of the Lord. Isn't that how it works? You know, at first, you're like, I think God's telling. And by the end, you're like, God said. <laughs> right? Come on. You're, you're the same way. Hindsight's 2020. Well, can I testify to you one more time? This weekend... We just surpassed for the first time in our church's history half a million dollars in annual revenue. Praise God. God has led us right where he wants us to be. I'm going to tell you, I'm not that smart. I'll just tell, I'll just tell you. I'm not that smart, but God is faithful to his word. He's faithful to his promises. And we're going to move forward. We're going to advance into what God has for us as a church. But the way we're going to do it, it's not because God's going to write every step down and we're going to have perfect uh, understanding. No, we're gonna, the Bible says the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. The steps, not, not the miles, not the years. The steps are ordered by the Lord. And the way we've gotten here is the way we're going to get there. We're going to take the next step. We're just going to trust the Lord and follow his leading. And, and let me just say, you, you might not know what the next year holds for you. But have a plan for tomorrow. You know, between this Sunday and next, a lot of you are going to make New Year's resolutions. We do it every year. And by February, they're all going to be canceled. You know why? Because a year is too long. Don't resolve to do something next year. Resolve to do something tomorrow. And, and then just get up the next day and do it again and then get up the day after that and do it again. And the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. And here's the goodness of God. It's not even your righteousness. It's not like the elite Christians are led by the Holy Spirit. Isaiah prophesied that your righteousness and my righteousness is like filthy rags. But God has clothed us with his righteousness. What a grace word. I don't even have to be righteous enough to be led by God. He clothes me with his righteousness. And then he says the steps of the righteous are led by the Lord. And God wants to order your steps and mine. But here's, here's what's been my prayer in this season, and I want it to be yours. God spoke to me out of Revelation chapter 3, verse 7. 
I'm going to ask the worship team to come back. We're going to respond to this word in prayer in just a moment. But Revelation 3 and 7 says, To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write. Now this is Jesus telling the church who he is. And he says, write this. These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the keys of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. Now, David was the king, and if you have the king's key, how many of you know that's the master key? The master key unlocks all the doors. The master key has access to every room, and so Jesus says, you need to know who I am. I have the keys of David, so I can open the doors that no man can shut, and I can close the doors that no man can open. So this has been my prayer in this year of advance. I've said, God, I I trust that your Holy Spirit is leading me. And because you have the keys of David, and I have confidence that you're leading me, I'm not gonna just stand in the hallway and hope you open a door. I'm gonna turn every knob in front of me. And I'm going to trust that you're good enough and you love me enough that if you don't want me to go there, you'll lock that door with the key. And I think a lot of us, we waste our life sitting in the hallway waiting for opportunity to come knocking. Opportunity doesn't knock. you got to turn the knob. Jesus said, if you ask, you'll receive. If you seek, you'll find. If you knock, the door will be open. So opportunity's not knocking. I'm saying, God, I'm going. I'm not going to live in the hallway. I'm going to step through the opportunities. And if it's not you, God, just you close doors no man can open. Lock the door. And sometimes God speaks, and it's so clear, and it's so profound. He just says, stay. Or, Joseph, go. And you know in that moment it's time. And we're going to respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit in prayer right now. And I just want to say, if you're here and, and you've gotten one of those words from God, a clear word, you need to do something, you need to respond, I want to invite you in this moment to do it. Now, and then let me just say, if it's an issue of morality, if it's a sin problem, if there's something in your life you're doing that you know offends the heart of God, you don't have to pray about that. God's word is clear. Just, just repent and turn and go in a different direction. In fact, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Joshua chapter 7, verse 10, where Achan had committed sin against God. And God had told the people, when you, when you take Jericho, I don't want you to keep any of the stuff. Don't keep any of the stuff because Jericho is the tithe. Jericho is the first city in the promised land. So I want you to just give everything to the Lord. And Achan went and took some of the devoted things and he hid them in his tent. And then all of a sudden they got defeated by the next enemy. And Joshua goes and he calls a prayer meeting. What are we going to do, God? We, we thought you were giving us the promised land and now this enemy's defeated us. And the Bible says in Joshua 7.10, The Lord said to Joshua, What are you doing on your face? Get up. Look it up. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. What are you doing? Could you imagine if we had a prayer meeting and God responded that way? Maybe he is. 
Maybe there's things in your life that God has told you clearly. Stop doing that. Just stop. And you're going, oh, I'm not really sure what to do. Yes, you are. What are you doing on your face? Get up. He told Joshua, go deal with the sin. Get the sin out of your life, and I'll bless you again. So if God's speaking clearly, we need to respond obediently. But it's not always that easy. And maybe, maybe you're in a situation where you're unsure. What's God saying? What's God doing? I don't want you to waste your life sitting in the hallway waiting for God to open a door. The Holy Spirit, if you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives in you. That ought to give you confidence to trust His leading. To trust that prompting. And to know that God's not setting you up for failure. So move confidently in obedience to the leading of the Lord and trust that, hey, if this isn't God, he opens the doors, but he can also close them. So God, I'm going to trust you not to let me lead myself astray. I'm going to trust that you're going to lead me. So I want to invite you to stand all over this room and we're going to just move right back into a place of prayer that we were in earlier. Father, today we thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for your word. God, if there's a word that you've been speaking to us, that you've been dealing with us by your Holy Spirit, maybe even in this service, God, if it's a clear word, we want to submit to that word right now. God, we repent of sin. We turn from sinful behavior. Lord, we surrender our lives completely. God, we want to go where you want us to go. We want to stay where you want us to stay. And Lord, if you're doing it in a way that we didn't see it done before, help us to understand that, God, you do new things in new ways, in new seasons. And Lord, we don't want to miss what you're saying and doing today because of what we've seen you do yesterday. So Lord, we submit ourselves to your leading. God, I pray right now against a, a spirit of confusion, the uncertainty, the, the timidity. Lord, your word declares that you have not given us a spirit of timidity. You have not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. So God, I pray for clarity of thought today. Let there be confidence instead of confusion. Let there be peace instead of anxiety. For the person that's struggling, Lord, to know what to do next in their career, to know what to do next with their kids or in their marriage or in a relationship. God, for the person that doesn't know what medical advice to follow, God, let confusion be replaced today with a spirit of peace and confidence to know that, God, we can trust that still, small voice that lives inside of us. It's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead who lives in us today. And so, Jesus, we lean in to your voice and to your leading. And God, would you impress upon us today one step, one step that you want the righteous to take. Not a resolution for a year, but a resolution for today. God, we want to be led by your Holy Spirit as we advance into the future that you have for us. In Jesus' name, in all God's people said amen. 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 Let's give God praise today.